You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 140. Oh, hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Pockets. Tim got a flat. So this is Matt, the little guy, Ellen, taking over in Minneapolis. A lot of flat tires out here today. Mm. This is Spencer Howe in Boston. Uh, I ran the Michelin mud tires from 1984. Matt and Spencer just got a flat. So this is oh. Tim again, and I'm now taking over. And this oh, is man. the 140th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. We're just going to drive this right through. We have a special guest this week, the little guy, little guy, Matt Allen. Here with us, and um, for some, see if we can get him to talk for some special commentary. Or special yeah, commentary probably at some point. <laughs> some now, point. live hot takes. This is hot take central on the Slow Ride Podcast. After watching the Cyclocross World Championships, we are getting the jump on Partner in Crime Crosshairs Radio, which is actually going to give you insightful analysis. We're mm-hmm. here to give you what we saw in the true analysis, gentlemen. Do you know what my number one takeaway was on Cyclocross Championship Weekend? Uh, nope. Um, no. It was all of the Leopard banners that were along the, the course. Yeah. And it reminded weird, me of it? the amazing Leopard Trek team and the Schlecks. And yeah. those great kits. Well, it was, was. Didn't it say, like, energy drink or something under it? Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Yeah. I, didn't, I was just lost in, uh, in my memories of getting lost in Schleck's eyes. Either Schleck, yeah. doesn't matter. Um, and the flapping jerseys. Yeah, the flapping jerseys. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the race was in Luxembourg, so I guess what else do they have to really celebrate? Who was the rival to the Schlecks in Luxembourg? Kim Kirchen? Was it Kim yeah, Kirchen? For yeah, for a bit. Yeah. Until you had the heart problem. So, a lot of things to talk about. Um, so, let's just go to cyclingnews.com and see what Cycling News has the front page on World no, Cycling Cross do it. Weekend. You're, you're going to. Sp- um, Freeze your screen. So I'm just going to jumble on over. Hey, guys. Did you know Nick, Nickius Arndt won the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race? Oh, wow. That's a great oh, lead to have. That's exciting. Did you guys know that uh, you could have watched the Tour of Dubai today, I think? Oh. I did not know that. Well, well when I'm I went also... to Cycling News, it gave me two options, World Championships or Dubai. And uh, this was a tough one, man. It was a tough one. This is – I know <laughs> – I, well, it's all the um, the Vuelta a San Juan, right? The yep. uh, oh, which yeah. has been shortened several times. I'm not one to complain a lot about cycling news because I have I know they have a lot to cover. But can't for one day of the year during the World Championships of Cyclocross at least give us the banner coverage instead well, of a shortened uh, you know a race, the Cadell yeah. Evans Great Road Race. Yeah. So there was an, uh, another event that was actually on my radar this weekend. I don't know if you were as excited about it as I am, Tim, but uh, there's another championships going on, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I'm stoked. I'm a little disappointed that this hasn't gotten the full attention that it deserves mm-hmm. um, because there are some top-notch racers out there this year. At um, I believe it's in Michigan. Yes. Fat Bike Nationals in the USA – uh, going on this weekend, uh, you know. Really? Yep. 
No, didn't get buried by any other news or racing that was happening this weekend at all. So good yeah. timing there. Let alone Ellen Noble's amazing silver medal in the U23 Women's Cyclocross World Championships. But hey, guys, USA Cycling Fat Bike National Championships were set on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> uh, big turnout too, as well. Um, I saw I saw a lot of tweets about the crowd size. You know, we. We do a lot of crowd sizing with national championships. It seems like they don't do they don't do great for that. But um, I saw another. Well, I can tell you one thing about the national fat bike national championship crowd okay. size. It was way bigger than um, than in 2012. Oh yeah, really? I'm just making that up. <laughs> that's that's a great point, little guy. I uh, I appreciate you uh, giving us that insight. I was going to say I actually saw uh, a criticism of um, uh, along the lines of uh, it's it's a shame they they took away the twenty four hours uh, national championship and replaced it with this very popular <laughs> fat bike uh, championship, which <laughs> I thought was pretty so, funny and a little bit maybe uh, right on the money. So we do need to mention just so we can continue to stay on top of the rankings over. Fat Bike Radio, that Jamie Driscoll, in fact, did not win the national championships yesterday, um, like many had predicted. It was longtime Midwest stalwart, stalwart Cole House taking ah. the victory in a really? sprint, in a sprint over Jamie Driscoll. Whoa. Well, I can a see fat that bike they come sprint. to a sprint. A Fat Bike Sprint. Fat Bike. That actually sounds like a good race to watch, man. Wait, was and... there a Fat Bike bike throw? Fat Bike throw? And then to really mess you guys all up, Amy Stewart took the women's win in the uh, Fat Bike Championship over Elizabeth Lertz of San Antonio, Texas. See, that just shows you that (laughs) fat biking is a universal and national level. Oh, wait a second. Now, this light bulb just came on. If you want to win a national championship and you live in Florida, say, or somewhere with nice weather year-round... You're a shoe-in for the uh, Fat Bike Nationals, yeah? You can train all the way through right up to it in, like, good weather and then go up there and smash one day in a semi-cold. <laughs> Man, that's smart. It's that's that's yeah. good business. There's no way yeah. that the amount of people racing this. For example, the women's 23 to 29 category only had two people start. Well, Can that's you the have a national champion mountain with bikes can and all have... this age category crap? I mean, it was on the uh, same weekend hey, as uh, as Tour I, Dubai and and stuff, so you probably got some <laughs> some I riders heading over there. Jamie Discrell did win a national championship. He won the fat bike single speed category. Okay, um, man, that is a lot of uh, categories for <laughs> for fat bike nationals. So have they? Have they? How many of these these have they done now? I think Three, this is four, the third. Three. Three, yeah. Kind of... Because the first one was when okay. the president of USA Cycling, I like Steve Johnson, yeah, yeah. created it for himself. Have they all been in <laughs> winter weather so far? It, there hasn't been one in the desert yet, or in the sand, because I can see one in, like, San, in San Antonio. Uh, you know, like the, the second per- place person was from, and you could do it a very sandy course and kind of get some of the same uh, uh, feel as you get with snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. Should Here's here's a theory. Should the should they do something kind of crazy with fat bike national since it's already a weird thing, right? Should the mm-hmm. should the next year's fat bike championship be held in the 
hometown of the winner of the previous. That could be cool. <laughs> that would be quite the uh, challenge like occasionally. It, yeah, when, like it might have to go small to Anchorage. Of, well, it, well it could, but it could, be, it could be a small, you know, it could be Worthington, Minnesota. Yeah. Someone from there wins it, and then suddenly Worthington's, uh, it wait, could be, what you did know, we win? Within 50 miles or something, you know, but. Yeah. That would be cool. I think it would be cool if it alternated between cold weather and, or, you know, like northern half the country, southern half the country, and you got a very different setup. Because even now, if you threw it in Texas this time of year, you could end up with either a very dry, sandy dirt race or ice, yeah. just like a slushy, messy yeah. ice storm. And that could really put, you know, throw throw a loop on the conditions. Yeah. For so we'll, we'll, we'll forward this idea on to Derek uh, Burchard Hall at USA Cycling, see if we can get any traction. But I think... Uh, Ooh, that was a good fat bike pun too. I, I, was, um, I was just about to say the, the tire <laughs> choice there, Spencer, and the the Segway pun was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking well, of fire tire choice, uh, we are recording within you know a half an hour of the finish of the Cyclocross World Championships, um, but I think we've spent about ten minutes now talking about fat bikes. Do we want to move yeah. on? Um, well, yeah. we, we can move on, but not to World Championships yet because we really got to let that marinate. We're gonna, um, we're gonna slide no, sideways. <laughs> Little guy, we last week talked, Spencer and I talked about um, a friend of mine here, uh, Joey, here in Orlando, told us about um, something he saw out on the course, right? And what he saw out on a mountain bike course, he was riding kind of behind this uh, gentleman, and the gentleman gets to, like, the trail junction and reaches into his back pocket, pulls out some tinfoil, unfurls the tinfoil, and it's a Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit. But not mm-hmm. only is it the chicken biscuit, he had two hand warmers on both sides of the biscuit itself <laughs> to keep it warm. That's amazing. Right? I like that. Okay. Um. So, so this is Joey's biscuit and uh, Joey's biscuit recipe. And he wanted to make very clear that um, it's not his idea. It was okay. something that he saw. He doesn't know the gentleman's name. But mm-hmm. we, got a lot genius, of, uh, we got a lot of Twitter um, buzz <laughs> about this. Uh, Kevin Hayes, a.k.a. Cross Shark. Or you may know him from his email account, SkaCamel241, hits us up and goes, Hi, guys. I was going to call into the Crosshairs hotline, but Bill said he would not relay the message, so I emailed (laughs) you instead. Since moving from D.C. to Knoxville, Tennessee, secret mountain bike town of the East, I have learned the importance of the chicken biscuit for mountain biking. And this really is a thing down here. The proper way to do this before hitting the trail for an all-day trail ride is you head to Bojangles and you get two Cajun chicken biscuits, one for the car ride to the trail and one for your mid-wilderness stop, likely mm-hmm. with a can of your favorite canned beer. Now, this idea of the hand warmers in the foil is a new one to me, but I plan to spread this around for my fellow <laughs> trail riders. Yeah, also, that's a good idea. full packs are out now. Everyone keeps it minimal, using only a fanny pack for storage. So ah. the cross shark is now saying that Fanny packs are okay. the um, so the right cool. of choice. I, I know we're cycle not, down from messenger calls. Yeah, we're not like on the cutting edge, the forefront, uh, as it were, of mountain bike culture. So this is good, good information to have. Um, yeah. And based on this, I think, little guy, you should be excited that probably the next thing to come will be fully uh, anodized parts, like everywhere, all colors yeah. available. I mean, it's coming back. I believe it. I totally believe it. So that's exciting. Uh, I'm glad that the full backpack mountain bike thing is going away just because it annoys me to even see. 
Why would you want to go out for a ride with a backpack on when you could go for a ride without a backpack on? Yeah. Well, as I someone think... who spent a lot of his time riding with a backpack for work, all I can think of when I'm not at work is, boy, I don't want to have this backpack on anymore. Yeah. You think you need maybe you need a backpack to carry like a six pack of chicken biscuits. Okay. Um, if you're, I mean, then you. Your priorities are messed up. You're supposed to be riding, not eating chicken biscuits. This See, is like the people okay. that stop what midway if through a cross of... race to drink like uh, three or four beers and, and do whiskey shots. Your whole life you can do that. You can eat chicken biscuits all the time. Bring one or two on the trail ride. That's why they're pockets. Tim, I believe you've demonstrated this with your Tim as a camel uh, email thread once with your, your former team where you put about 4,000 water bottles in your pockets yeah. of your supposedly tight jersey. I think it's possible to carry a lot of chicken biscuits, especially with frame packs and those weird little, like, um, what are they? They're sort of like snack ben- bags that people hang off their handlebars these days, which I don't understand. What about the bento they- box that goes on the top tube? That yeah, that's a good, a good idea, too. That could be a good, easy way to put the chi- Yeah, But what so, about the hand warmers how- as an oven, though, little guy? I think that's a great idea, though those things are not food safe. So make sure you have like a foil, uh, a foil layer. I'd say I'm a little. I'd be a little. But do you I think a Chick Fil A chicken charcoal. biscuit is food safe? Well, <laughs> I no. As it is, it's not food safe. And uh, I mean, I understand. This come from the South, where I guess Chick Fil A's. Tim, you probably have to buy Chick Fil A every day. Is that how it works? Yeah, I mean, um, it's legally, it's a it's a Calif- <laughs> or a Florida requirement. Yeah, so but I mean, if you don't want Chick- to get deported, so one Chick Fil A has uh, some messed up yeah. politics. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna support. What was the other one? Bojangles. Bojangles. Yeah. All right, Bojangles. I, I, I'm sure there's something terrible that'll come out about the owners of Bojangles <laughs> any moment now. You know, well, they, they've got a they've po- got a politics weird aside. Thing. I'm doing the quick back of the napkin math here, and I'm thinking it is possible with the right bag, uh, bag and fanny pack combination on your mountain bike, you could probably get. 30 to 40 chicken biscuits on your person without a backpack. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, totally. And, and then you could bring them for your whole group. If you could, went out with a big group, one person, fat bike, a bunch of biscuit bags all over. Biscuit bags you know, is my new, my new well, frame bag company. Yeah. Let me write and that then, down real quick. So should this be another uh, national championship that USA Cycling can uh, make some it's money like off of? The this... ultimate domestique national championship. Yeah, this is basically. the winner version. Well, there's probably a bike camping national championship coming any day now, or at least <laughs> magazines that sell bike camping gear want there to be that. Nobody actually does it, right. but just for product placement and the right. ability to sell more stuff. I mean, why why sponsor a mountain bike racer when you could sponsor a mountain bike camper? There's so many more now, gear sponsoring oh, man. in, like cross infusion like oh so, man he's got the titanium fork no wonder he went up that climb so fast how would you That's... create a bike champ a bike camping world championship it can't be just purely on speed it would have, would to, have be to be like, like a, a three campsite yeah three yeah. to five day like uh championship race where you need yeah. to get from point a to point b while camping at checkpoints along the way and yeah you know speed of sl- kind of be... like a triathlon uh transition areas you gotta yeah. like set up like a camp and pack it back up yeah <laughs> and like a rally rally stages so there's a interval between point a and point b you have to do it in within the window period. yeah you know you get you get to basically you get a start and you do as fast as you can and then when you get to the end of it you have to set up camp as quick as you can and then maybe you have three or four hours off until you have to pack everything up and do it the other way and then bonus points in between for the number of local beers you drink uh-huh <laughs> yes and, and and points off for non-local beers tim i'm sorry 
but, Miller, but, unless you start racing in Wisconsin. But could you multiply? Could you multiply out the local beer by the um, the hop quality and the IBU? Oh, you get level? Oh, you I, get way so, more points so for hop. IPA for hop IPA is worth one point. Double IPA worth two points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like where you're going. So, yeah. okay, so I agree. Rally car style bike camping championships, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not purely based on speed. And then is there an interpretation of what a quality campsite looks like? Um, you know, is, is there judging mm-hmm. for this? I, I, I would I, have to think that there has to be style points on the campsite. Like you have to have, yeah. you know, cool lighting features. Oh, yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's got to have like an, like an inflatable that's like, oh, that's Spencer's campsite because – it's a um, it's a Boston Bruins logo or something, you know yeah. that that sets it apart from the other campsites. Because late at night, mm-hmm. it's dark. You got to know which campsite's yours at such yeah. a quality. I think I think color coordination with your team, yeah. with your kit, with your whole uh, aesthetic is going to be good. Um, That's good. Yeah, good lighting. You know, kind of a you know the Swedish like minimal style, but yet still like classy. Like that's gonna that's gonna score highly in the judges' eyes. So yeah, then I think. Ultimately, There's, the doping yeah. of this would be the person that shows up with the airstream, right? Like the the, the airstream <laughs> well, that's like, oh, that's not really mine. You need to have you need to have a, a point spread for the campsite where speed gets enough points, but also um, ultimate utility gets enough points. So some people will decide to go with just a bivy sack and a hammock. Boom! Quick setup, a lot of points for speedy setup. Um, and then they're also faster on the bike, maybe, right? But then other people will be like, you know what? If I do the full camp setup, it takes me a little longer, but I get more points because if it rains, I'm not going to get wet. And you get more points for that. So mm-hmm. there's, like, strategies. And then also, depending on how long the thing is, maybe you don't want to do the bivy sack thing because it's a five-day race. And you're going to be so pissed off and uncomfortable by the end of it. <laughs> or that that guy that brought the tent that had an extra three pounds and 40 seconds of setup mm-hmm. time is so happy. Yeah, that guy sleeping. Who, yeah. who brought his, uh, his own Wi-Fi hotspot and can watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his yeah. Hey, yeah, he lost you... 30 seconds every stage, but now he's so happy because he's all caught up on Game of Thrones. Yeah. And he's like, he's throwing out spoilers while he rides by and all the oh, other races are getting is, demoralized. That is going to be psychological warfare right there. Oh, that's that is good. serious hey. psychological warfare. Did you guys catch the new episode? Oh, no. <laughs> hey, Spencer, can you do me a favor? Can you go ahead and um, add that to the email that we're going to be writing to uh, DBH? Yeah. The Bike yep. Camping National Championship. I mean, this is definitely the future um, I'm very excited about I'm, it. I'm um, heading over to uh, worldcampingships.com to, uh, to secure that domain right now. And we got a. I like um, that. I like that. It's a good one. We got a follow up email, Spencer, from last week's episode where we talked about the parking garage race down in the, uh, Australia. Yeah. Hey, guys. Best parking garage races are the ones Bill at Crosshairs puts on outside of D.C., 100% more pie and beer friendly than in Australia. And I can't believe – and uh, Mike Le- Michael Levesque and then in parentheses, guy who created Tom Boonen podium filler. So thank you for creating nice. the Tom Boonen cardboard cutout for the podium. But this gets to the next point that you and I failed in mentioning that the parking garage bike races do exist already here in the U.S., yeah, um, it was it was even in our notes to mention that. So yeah, so, <laughs> we did a good job. There you have it. Well, uh, guys, th- those races though are more like crits, um, but it's a great idea. I wanna I wanna see that cropping up all winter long everywhere. Now, Why before- would you do that in Australia? I didn't listen last week. It was a was it was like a hill climb. Um, it was like a hill climb sprint. So f- they did five oh, levels: okay. two up races all the way up, 
And that some, makes sense. Some Katusha pros showed up to do it, and it was awesome. Yeah. Katu- oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Katusha ah. gained some points there, little guy. All of a sudden, Katusha now on the the hip scale of pro wow. racing teams. Yeah, they give out gotten above the Euro outfits, too? They like, we we won, but you a, get sweet, sweet warm-up pants for yeah, winning this race. It was a Katusha uh, streetwear clothing uh, marketing thing, I think. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I forgot everybody was Everybody was hitting vapes afterwards and stuff. <laughs> Super so, Russian. Um, I was on a uh, trip. Uh, before we get in the World Cup, uh, sorry, World Championship Cyclocross, I was on a trip this past weekend to Birmingham in Birmingham, Alabama, and I... Great city in Alabama. Yeah, I went, uh, hung out with a uh, friend of the podcast, Jonathan, and Jonathan Crane and his buddy Nick, and they took me to this uh, cafe little guy I thought of you because it was called the Woodlawn Cycle Cafe, and it had a bunch okay. of vegetarian and vegan options. I went in there, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get some, like, like a panini, and then um, all <laughs> I could have was some roasted vegetable soup, which was amazing. Totally got me out of my comfort zone, as you can imagine. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then also had some great pasta, and the nice. owner, gentleman named Kyle, they totally knew about the podcast. It was a little awkward. For a second there, Weird. I thought it was really cool. I yeah. even had a Miller High Life on the house. It was fantastic. Whoa. So That's awesome. They also had World Cup of Psychocross on the big projection screen. Uh, so I in Birmingham, pretty cool little section. I know all f- the South gets thrown into this, like, oh, you're in the crappy South. But Birmingham, shout-outs to the Woodlawn Cycle Cafe. Look it up online. If you're ever, yeah. for some reason, in Birmingham going to look at the giant Vulcan statue, you should go to this kick-ass little giant. cafe that's all Wait, about bikes. what statue? They have the world's largest cast-iron statue, little guy, and it's of a Vulcan. What is it of? Look it up. Birmingham Vulcan. Really? Yeah, okay. it overlooks the city on I've never been to mountain. Birmingham. And, I've always wanted to go. And the statue, little guy, he doesn't wear any pants. He's got okay. an apron well, I mean, in front that's... of the front side, but man, his butt is pretty stout. Well, yeah, it's been working out. It's been squats. standing all the time. He's that really like, he burns has... up the butt. So I put a photo of it up, and then Jonathan Crane like goes, he's like, man, I always forget how thoroughly ripped that guy is. Check it out. <laughs> Birmingham Vulcan statue. It's amazing. Okay. City of Birmingham, if you ever go, there's a bike cafe. They have a bunch Sounds of cool little good. products. Anyway, yes, sir. <laughs> Where I'm gonna They knew who I was. Yeah. They didn't kick me out. They're like That's pretty like, great. Oh, super we... rookies here. Here's the heart life. <laughs> were we gonna go down there to that general sort of area once for a team training camp from Minnesota or or is that somewhere else? That was in Missouri maybe. I can't remember now. Yeah, but remember we talked we don't about like Missouri. Missouri at some points. We talked yeah. about going to we the went down to Branson. We were going to go to Branson or something. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Yeah, because so then it we sounds could like... see the shows in the evening. Right. That sounded terrible to me, but this this Birmingham idea sounds much better. If the riding Missouri. around there is is good, if there's some gravel to grind, it might be a I destination heard a lot of for gravel to team grind. camps. Yeah. Birmingham. Anyways, look it up. They'll get you hooked up on the courses. It seems pretty awesome. The awesome. infrastructure somewhat existed within the city. There wasn't a lot of potholes. And um, there was hills. Lots of hills. Yeah. Fantastic. Hilly. So I woke up this morning. I went over to the NBC Sports live feed, and I logged in as friend of the podcast Ryan Fisher's father. And I believe his email <laughs> was like BigDogFisher6969 at Fishers.net or something like that. Yeah. I logged in, yeah. and I got to watch live and free the UCI Cyclocross World Championships, like I have all year on all the World Cups, 
And the best part, mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. announcing. So all we got were like the finish line announcers in both Belgian or uh, French and uh, English. It was fantastic. I loved it. The coverage was great. Why are all these people complaining about the coverage of the World Cup I, or World Championships? I could watch it on in the comfort of my own home and not download any bad viruses on the computer. Yeah, I I mean I also watched it without any viruses, and I don't. I'm just happy to watch it. I don't care if people complain. The commentary is not. Yeah. It was the greatest commentary that's ever happened. Whatever. I'm watching it. That's in and itself uh, kind of a miracle considering I'm in the U.S. Now, two straight days of great racing. The big story on Saturday for U.S. cyclocross fans, Ellen Noble putting in one hell of a performance to get a strong second place in the U23 women's category. Um, and mm. also, to a lesser extent, worldwide coverage was Sané Kant winning the uh, world championships and in an amazing race. Probably one of the best cross races I've ever seen. Um, yeah. How do you guys feel about that? That was a great race. I barely woke up in time, uh, but saw the last two laps, and I was so glad I dragged myself out of bed. That yeah. was amazing. It was incredible. It was a great race. Ellen's race was great, too. She was actually leading until the last lap, so she was in it for really? a chance to win, like right up until about half a lap to go. Uh, so that was seat of your, you know, edge of your seat exciting uh but yeah that women's race was incredible uh, a lot of people saying best race they've they've seen in in cycle crossing like 20 years like that's how good it was and that that replay should be up uh on the youtubes if it's not already pretty soon and i would highly recommend it so just yeah, a little bit better than passes. than uh jonathan page's 2006 uh cycle cross silver medal <laughs> uh, a lot better a lot better yeah, okay yeah, so, it was great to watch them battle that last I was lap. So I have so many passes, so many sweet moves. Yeah. But the mechanical, again, seems like mechanical's yep. the story of the week from what I can gather. Um, you know, Meeson had a, a mechanical at the very start of the men's race today. And then Marianne Voss having the mechanical with what? half Like less than half a lap to go lap, with the yeah, drop train. Um, yeah. And, I'm a huge Marianne Voss fan, especially for her comeback to be here, but I am very happy for Sané Kant to finally take the win because she's been on the edge of winning um, mm-hmm. for so long and I think has gotten more than enough crap over the years for like her reactions for caring so much about the sport um, that it was great to see that uh, that excitement that she had when she was on the top step during yesterday's uh, podium celebration. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I mean, yeah. Can't have a better way to win one after people have maybe not given her the credit for being as great a rider as she is than to beat Voss, who's obviously riding really well, um, to take out a seven-time champ. And then... Great way to do it. Yeah, awesome. And then today's men's race, from the gun, it was Matthew Vanderpool's race to win. Apparently, he was you know had a huge lead, 30 seconds at one point, I believe, yeah. at the end of lap one or lap two. And then all types of different things happened. And my main takeaway from the race, besides the flats, which we'll get to in a second, was how much I really like Kevin Powell's. And I was so excited when he was going to get on the podium. That was and, your takeaway no matter what happened. At I the know. end, of Kevin Powell's <laughs> drops out after two feet. My main takeaway is that I love Kevin Powell's. Oh, man, there's just so much about how much I want him to win. And if he was in yeah. any other time period, he would be one of the greatest cyclocross racers of all time. I know, he's the third he's like, best cyclocross oh, racer in the world. Sven's retiring. Oh, oh sweet. Dude. Now's my time. I'm totally... Wait, no, you have to race the U23s, guys. You're not allowed yeah. in the senior category. Yeah. 
He yeah. had a tough race though too, man. He was right on Vanderpool that first lap and then faded and I'm assuming flats as well. It seemed like everybody other than Wout yeah. um seemed to get multiple multiple flats. So yeah. maybe those uh supposedly ancient tires of his were um magic. Do you, you think Wout is uh, aging them in the basement of some Belgian uh, farmhouse I, next to the yeast for you, their triple Did you guys Belgians? see the start line photo? I didn't see the start line camera pan. Did you guys get that? I turned I, yeah. it on right after. So what were they, Spencer? They were the Michelins. Were they were the green Michelins on, on Dugast uh, casings. So. Okay. So they, they were, were the, the Michelin, though. They're the wow. old tread, for sure, but they're, you know, those, those tires were clinchers, you know? They didn't yeah, make them yeah. in a tubular version, so... They obviously were were cut apart and glued onto current yeah. modern casings. But, so when so either you know when the last time they made those because it it has been a long time. That means those have been in the secret Nils Albert's basement <laughs> stash. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not like it wasn't muddy last year, and those didn't come out. Nils has been aging those to perfection, waiting. Uh, he, like he, he he packaged them up and he said these can come out in 2017 and now he's retired and he's. I feel like, like wow, wow, wow! I'm sorry, I passed these on to you. The mantle nah. of age tires. I feel like Neil's probably walked out to a specific point in the course. You know, like he knew exactly what what part to check and he kneeled down, dipped a finger into the mud, raised it up, <laughs> examined it, it carefully, held it to the wind. <laughs> Took a taste of it and was like, "Yes, today, today is the day we're bringing out the Michelin tread." Well, it's not just so one. It didn't say. I don't think Walt flatted. We we could be wrong. Everybody flatted a lot, but whatever pressure he ran, whatever casings those were, right. and whatever tread that was, was the most perfect tire right. combination that has ever happened because. Obviously, everybody there has their A game for tires, for pressure, right? Uh, for fancy tire sponsors, for nice handmade tires, and everyone was having problems. I mean, we I saw mean, yeah. fifth and sixth place come across the line with flat tires. I mean, yeah. it was constant. It was carnage out there, and, and uh, you nailed it. Like they, people can debate all day about the tire trend and whether the Michelins are the greatest things ever. But at the end of the day, like they're all on Degas casings, like that. Yeah. Pretty much. That yeah. is what causes flats, you know, the tube inside yeah. the tire and the casing itself. Not the tread doesn't really no. have anything to do with that. That's traction, you know. So yeah. Um, so it was, it was a, traction, but it's yeah. it's part of game of luck and part of game of skill, you know. Like Wout clearly can float over whatever rocks and and things are where that ever was getting flats on uh, better than the rest of the field. So Yeah. And it's as, true. It is a matter of putting... You put the power down, but if K-Pow's putting the power down all day, but he's hitting a rock every lap, yeah, you're well, losing time. And as uh, the UCI Cyclocross Twitter account would say, that's Cyclo-Cross. <laughs> yeah. Why did they put a dash in there? I don't know. It's all over. It's... Like, it's it's coming back. The dash <laughs> between Cyclo and Cross. It's driving me nuts. Wait, it's did terrible. It, did it... Did it did it start there? It's what? on the official it, it press did. release. Of it, the it's race like now. it's it's one of those things where like if you were a fan of cyclocross in 1995 or earlier, you put the dash in, and you mm. just much like disc brakes and everything else, you won't accept the future that there is no that cyclocross is not a hyphenated word. Oh. Yeah. I don't accept the future generally myself. Uh, got my eye on an aluminum cross frame on eBay right now, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> 
I didn't know about that. Well, okay. speaking of maybe futures, maybe disc brakes is the wrong uh, analogy. Maybe it should be more like one inch head tubes. You know. Speaking I wish, of the man. future, I need that flex. I got too much power for the other one. I'll just snap it. I'm sorry, Tim. Were you saying something important? Well, well I was saying something about the all new 2018, sorry, 2017 18 World Cyclo Dash Cross World Cup, and the fact that Cross Vegas is no longer around. And little guy, you have within driving distance two World yep. Cup races. One in Madison, Wisconsin, and the return yep. of Jingle Cross one week later. Um, yeah, it's great, and it's also actually the other way burden. around. I think Jingle Cross first, then Jingle Wisconsin Cross, because then, of some football. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, and I was, I was conflicted um, because those are the only UCI cross races I could try to race that are within a decent distance of my house, and that means at best I'm racing on the off days. You know, the, I'm not. I'm not on the World Cup day. I know. I know a yeah. lot of our fans think I'm World Cup level, but not this year. I've been having some injuries, I had some problems, but I'm going to try to get back to that level. But at the best, I'm racing David Vanderpool or Dieter Schweik, or I'm racing <laughs> the B World Cup team. Which I mean, come on. I that's. I just want. I want like a Tulsa Tough. I want some sort of shitty UCI race near me. No offense, Tulsa Tough. I'm sure you're fabulous, but your field is not the same. And so it's great that I, I have this opportunity to go to two amazing races with the best fields in America. But I also have – you guys know my dream has been to get a world, uh, one UCI point. And they're, not only am I getting older and slower, but they're throwing better and better fields at me every year. And it's uh, – how am I ever going to do it? <laughs> So I gotta stop you there, Spencer. Did you just pick up that little guy just threw a whole other state <laughs> under the bus? Yeah, <laughs> a, yeah. He's done hey, St. Louis, Chicago. I mean, so he's know, got I've, so he got Missouri, Illinois. Let's add yep. Oklahoma to the list. Hey, yeah. Kansas. It's, it's, and then I'm pretty sure last week you did Nebraska. So I, I sure did. Yeah. Pretty sure um, I-35. What's next is Texas. So watch out, Texas. Uh, <laughs> Oklahoma has been. I mean, Scott Scott Pruitt's from Oklahoma, right? He's been in the news lately. Um, <laughs> they haven't been they haven't been doing much for the country lately. <laughs> I'm throwing the whole state under the bus so, for that guy. Um, little guy, you have all these big world championships <laughs> that you can go race, and you need a crappy UCI race close by. I hear you on that, but you so, get to go watch. And the World Cup in Wisconsin, they are advertising an equal prize list for men and women, which is fantastic. Yep, and great. there is that's not going to be an entry fee to get into the course. From what I yeah. have read, for the most part, that. It looks like the Trek World Cup is going to be a, fr- a for free, which is amazing. All, it's great. I don't know how they're going to make that a. It just feels like not uh, not enough of a course. Maybe I'm underplaying it. I didn't see it this last year. I know they they've made it better every year, and I didn't go this last year. It, it feels a little underwhelming for a World Cup for but me. Speaking but of cross, yeah, but even the course awesome. today, course. like look what they can do. I mean, the course today was insane. I love yeah. the World Championship course, and they supposedly dumbed it down because of the amount of crashing during the uh, warm-ups. Mm-hmm. I think that you can almost make a World Championship course almost anywhere you go unless it's, like, That's true. Florida. The racers make the race, and, and, and it's true. And especially conditions change. But one of the things for the early World Cups is that we all know Wisconsin and Iowa. I mean, every time I've done that Wisconsin race, and potentially you'll know this from going there, too, it's been oh, yeah. bone dry. I mean, oh, yeah. bone dry teeth rattling um levels of of concrete everywhere everything is concrete and then you're just sliding around on a thin layer of dust on top so it, it the course doesn't have a, a lot to offer in terms of 
I mean, I know that's a coarse feature, but it's it's not as exciting as some mud, some slippery descents. Instead, it's just 45 wow. miles an hour down a descent, it's, and you crash on It's going to be great because it's, it's pretty much the polar opposite of what Jingle Cross is always uh, like condition-wise. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be funny sure. to see the Euros having to bring all their sets of tires. You know, they can't just get by with the uh, all-around <laughs> tread. Yeah. Because we are going to have, you know, the uh, the full set of conditions. And, I mean, in a perfect world, maybe in a year or two, we get a third World Cup added. Uh, could mm-hmm. be could be something like Gloucester, something like that, that comes early in the season. Like, yeah, that would be pretty what incredible. About, what about the KMC CrossFest? I heard that they might be a World Cup um, event. They've been talking. They used to be Providence, right? And then they went to Connecticut. Aren't they on the uh, docket for a World Cup? Well, it depends on who you talk to. But yeah, they would like to be, I think, uh, the venue there, uh, you know, they they have some, you know, some improvements to make. But like, like, I, like you I, said, I'm shocked that, I'm shocked just that the first World Cups in America weren't held in New England. I mean, I thought New England was the epicenter of I'm, all things cyclocross. How about you? I'm not. Guy? I've never been to a, a race out there. I've only registered for one and not shown up. But I've... I just know that these Midwestern races are where it really is, the cream of the crop, if you will. Well, you know, the parking is easier out there in the Midwest. It's <laughs> way easier. Just park in the cornfield, man. Yeah. Um, I heard, though, that KMC next year is going to have the biggest flyover ever. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's Five the football fields long, 17 stories high. In fact, the um, entire race course is on top of the flyover. It's just a flyover. <laughs> yeah. It's really impressive. Those it goes are... over... An American style freeway as opposed to that wimpy Belgian one, so it's fifteen lanes wide. Yeah. Yeah, that is the rumor uh that is circulating right now. So that'll be interesting who to started see. that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh yeah. So do you guys so, like that race today? Do you like the Wout one or Vanderpool? I was I, pulling for Vanderpool. I was a little heartbroken I, by that, but I'm okay with still worthy. I'm okay with Wout winning in the way that he did. Because he yeah, tracked down, he tracked down Vanderpool, crossed that gap. Um, I thought it was a fun race. It wasn't as good as yesterday's race, without a doubt. No. Um, as the Slow Ride Podcast uh, Twitter account alluded to yesterday, no Wout's victory was nowhere as good as what um, Kant and Voss put together yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it was a great battle <laughs> between the men's race, uh, but yeah, again the women's race uh, once again outshining the men, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sad for Vanderpool. I think he had a great race. I think he has a lot to be happy about there. I uh, I don't think you know. Obviously, Wout could have kind of sat up and rolled around, and he didn't. He kept the pressure on, and when yeah, when no bad luck uh, happened, you know, he was able to take advantage. And that's racing, yeah. right? Like totally. Give a shout out to Javier Ruiz de la Ringa Abanez of Spain in a solid 16th place. Only six seconds clear of American superhero Stephen Hyde. Um, Stephen, great result. We are pulling for you. We're some of your number one fans. But um, next time, six seconds, is it really all that much to ask for to uh, get 16th place? We would have loved to have you in 16th place. But again, Stephen, I, I know you're working hard out there. Top American as always. And uh, great, great result for the national champion. Yeah, I actually had... Um... About ten thousand dollars riding on sixteenth place, Stephen Hyde, and ouch. Yeah, the payout was gonna be phenomenal, and uh, 
So um, I'm lucky I don't have a kid because that was the college money right there, like straight oh, down yeah. the toilet. Yeah. I think but all you of did, Twitter. But you didn't do our pension. You didn't bet our slow our, our slow ride podcast pension on that. And well, I got to talk to you guys about something after we get done recording. Actually, I think. Uh, oh, cool. Stephen <laughs> did that. Stephen did uh, cycle across Twitter a big uh, big favor by not getting 16th place today. Cause yeah, <laughs> probably. We would never hear the end of it for another year. So, um, and then also uh, other top finishers for the United States. Um, oh, uh, uh, let's let's. Sticking with 16th for a second, Helen Wyman in 16th in the women's oh, elite race. Thank that you was so incredible. Much, yep, great point. Incredible result after coming back, uh, what, her second race back after busting her collarbone and stuff? Yeah. Like, incredible. She seemed, what she a great She seemed very ride. happy with that result, too. So oh, yeah. I think we've got to coordinate an interview with Helen Wyman. So great job, Helen, in a solid 16th place, second race back. Um, yep. Overall, I would give it a thumbs up for Cyclocross in Luxembourg. Where's the World Championships next year? Holland. Hoogerheide, right? Is it Hoogerheide? Which one? No, maybe it's not Hoogerheide. No. Yeah. Anyway, it's Dutch, I think. Um, and the other story of the weekend, I, you know, um, is the uh, British 1-2-3 in the junior men's um, category. Mm-hmm. And then Bill at Crosshairs tweeted about something about, like, see, funding works. And I was listening to um, or reading into that, and actually the – it seems that the British cycling, they don't really actually invest that much in cyclocross. They're just investing in all these riders that are eventually just going to become road or track athletes in the Olympics that are like, oh, yeah. screw it. I'll do cyclocross for a few years. That's fun. I'm a kid. Well, and so Especially they at that are young level. There's so much it. more crossover. Yeah. yeah. And a one, two, three solid, I mean, that gives hope that someday America will be able to pull this off. I don't think it's fully a funding issue. I think it... I think more of it has to do with the whole travel aspect, personally. Yeah, but a um, deal. You know, maybe it's still... we're just not as strong in the U.S. Could, could we be. have had a world champion before. People always forget about that. So yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean that's true. But that trainers were different back then. The, the elusive Matt winters Kelly? were different back then. No, like where's Matt Kelly now? That oh. that would He's be in Wisconsin. Still yeah, racing? Still, still in Wisconsin. I think he like, lives on a farm in Wisconsin, doesn't he? Yeah, doesn't care about bikes. Like, he, doesn't, he doesn't race bikes anymore. Do remember you when he, his, remember do you, you guys remember when he came back and he raced the Minnesota State Cyclocross Championship? He did the one. Yeah. Did he have a and, World uh, Championship stripes on his jersey? I don't think I so. I don't know. Probably, maybe. But or at that m- point, that was exciting. Like... That, was, that was when Doug was crushing it and uh, Bjorn, Bjorn was young gun crushing it and... Uh, that was exciting yep. to have a former world champion making a comeback and showing and up. And he did. Our, he did well. He had a fine. Yeah, race. he was right up there. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, I he wonder if his farmer jacket, like his, uh, I'm assuming he's got a Green Bay Packers blaze orange starter jacket of some kind. If he's living in Wisconsin and he's a farmer, I wonder if it has world championship stripes on the cuffs because that'd be pretty awesome. Oh, oh you absolutely. Think, so you think he gets everything he owns? He brings into. Uh, a sewing place and they customize world champion stripes on everything uh, i mean wouldn't, wouldn't you? you yeah <laughs> come on come on so he shows up at a wedding in a tux and there's a little world champion band around the or edge on of the, the tie Hell, you could have yeah. a little tie clip of the oh yeah just a little, oh, little tie clip little guy mm-hmm. if you were a world, if i was a world champion that mm-hmm. the outside of my house would have painted world championship stripes along like the doorway like just a vertical mm-hmm. like racing stripe just hey yeah. you're entering the lair of a world champion that's why I am so into the idea of creating the bike packing world championships because this yeah. may be my opportunity. Whoa! I thought we were just doing national championships. We're moving straight to worlds. All right. Yeah. Um, 
I think what would be good about War Tempest is you get when you get your checks, you know, you can get checks that say like, "Don't spend it all in one place." Or they've got <laughs> uh-huh. a Thomas Kincaid picture, you know, the painter of light. We all love him. Oh yes, and he could, um, oh, it could be the rainbow, of the World Championship stripes over that yeah, nice and pond you could have, in New England. You could have a World Championship logo in the background on your check, so when you write out your check, it's right there always. Oh, people, I like it. people, the gas company is like, "Who is this dude?" <laughs> <laughs> Nice. He's the only guy that doesn't have auto e- e-bill pay. What the hell? <laughs> he still wants to write checks for everything. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about before uh, – um, we did get an email uh, from Brian Koneman, who longtime oh, yeah. listener and friend of the podcast, says, oh, yeah. congrats to the little guy and the new little guy, Ellen. Nice, Brian. I really do hope the baby's name is Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin, Ellen. I love the predictions for 2017, and I have my own. Someone is going to crash descending while sitting on their top tube and take out a bunch of riders and or seriously mess themselves up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably, I could see that. probably right, though. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that can happen because that's this is the Sagan slash Froome descent that has been taking over amateur cycling and professional cycling. So I could see an amateur messing up first um, and then, you know, oh, all of a sudden someone has some uh, – um, severe issues that, that can't be corrected. His yeah. second prediction, more Masters racers will get popped for doping, mechanical mm-hmm. and otherwise. Ooh. Um, okay, so... That's I, true. I, mechanical I, doping. That one well, seems pretty simple if we could, for me. We could get him to uh, tell us who he thinks, since he's in that Masters category. I'm sure he has a few people he would <laughs> uh, maybe... That's kind of like maybe the, uh, has some feelings about. I'm just I'm not like I'm not the saying old anyone local. I'm just yeah. saying that I think I bet he has opinions. And uh, his third Ooh. prediction of 2017: Wiggins will go down and try, but fail to take Froome with him. And I agree. Yeah. I, that, that's something that's right in our wheelhouse. I think Team Sky is done. I think Froome is going to go somewhere else. Probably go to um, Rika Green Edge, maybe or or uh, Team Barlow World. I mean, I mean, Team Dimension Data. Sorry, um, I think Barlow World's going to come back, huh? Well, you know, I think it's the whole like South African, like Africa cycling team that Froome could go back to and actually have a lot of uh, pride in. Um, and then Kodeman says, "Keep yeah. up the good work." So, BK, thanks for the email. If you have your own predictions of 2017, feel free to email them to us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail dot com. And you could be like BK, who says that someone is going to crash while sitting on their top tube and take out a bunch of riders, making it illegal. Interesting. Yeah, I like oh, okay. well, I just added the making it illegal part. Um, he didn't oh, predict okay. that, but I'm just going to say that slight editorials. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> and he says right here, "I am a handsome devil." Hmm, oh, interesting. Thanks, interesting. BK. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, you guys, I had one problem with um, since I had a child. I went down in the basement, and I'd been promised sort of like a tooth fairy thing where all my bikes would be turned into titanium bikes. Uh-huh, like, yeah. You know, you, know you, you put your bikes away in the basement, you have a kid, you go back down. Whoa, it was all titanium bikes. Awesome. It didn't happen. They're all the same bikes. They're still broken. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll get it. I think, Just, I think you really need that. to accept it into your heart, and uh, maybe you haven't really done that yet, and you're no. also going to have to come to terms with, and I think this might be the sticking point, yeah. that you have several bikes down there right oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah so what's going to happen when you accept it into your heart is that you will no longer have several bikes you will have one bike but it will Not, be titanium oh, 
because oh, I can do I everything. Know, I know what kind of yeah. bike it's going to be. It's going to be a titanium Bachfietz, and you're going to be riding that thing around <laughs> on the Greenway Trail, going to the Whole Foods, going to get your granola, yeah. um, yep. you know, Okay. and you're going to have the baby uh, and Tambun in, in the front seat, and uh, it's going to be made of titanium. It's going to be great. Oh, that's, that sounds that sounds good. And then you can Maybe take if it to I the mount cargo my bike world championships that we're also going to create. I would do no, that I, for I sure. Think- I think it's definitely going to be a road bike, um, a titanium yeah, road bike, very classic styling, yeah. uh, but it's going to have room for at least 28s, and it's going to have uh, very subtle uh, fender mounts and, and stuff, uh, rack mounts uh, also on the stays there in the fork. So What kind of stem? Saw... <laughs> oh, titanium. Um, yeah, matching, yeah. I, I saw a bike the other day. I don't remember what. This reminded me. Uh, it said it had removable fender eyelets. It was a cross bike, and they they advertised that you could, I guess, take them off so you looked more racy, and you felt like you had a race bike, and then you could put them on. I I couldn't understand how having fender eyelets on your cross bike was going to seriously hamper your cycle cross <laughs> performance. Yeah. Um. If you're, I I know the old school mental mindset was if you got a cross bike that had no fender eyelets and had no water bottle bosses. You were obviously super, super pro yeah. and going to be faster, even yeah. though you just purchased a bike that wasn't very useful. Whereas yeah. if you had just gotten those um, four ounces of add-ons, you would have a bike that you could ride all year long. Yeah, I had the uh, the Ridley X-Knight that I had for uh, for a season or two. Yeah. Had had no water bottle mounts, and just it was super pro. I got to say, so it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And... Getting it dehydrated was, on like, summer rides. No, no the shouldering, <clears throat> the shouldering during races was easier and smoother. Like everything was oh. great. I really did notice the four ounce difference. Yeah, um, I bet. I bet. But then, yeah, on my gravel grinders when I had to do Almanzo, things like that, like really came to grief uh, without mm-hmm. those water bottle mounts. But why didn't you just yeah. get one of those triathlete triathlete uh, rear seat mount water bottle holder? Oh, that's a good uh, idea. I have a little bit of uh, of dignity, um, so yeah. it did not go that route. Um, and and now I now I don't know what to do because apparently backpacks are out. I can't do the no. uh, the Camelback. So no, hey, little guy, back to camelback. the backpack thing. Have you ever ridden with a Camelback? Yeah, I have. <laughs> did you find it handy? You could just like uh, take the tube, put it in your mouth, and no, have water. I mean, I'll admit it was. So when me and Spencer and yeah. uh, Bigger Matt and Jake went out to Utah years ago to Moab, um, yep. I sort of resisted it, and Matt and Jake were sort of um, the are sensible ones. They were ones. mountain bike experts, yeah. They are our mountain bike guides that told us what we should bring and how we should do things as they me were, and Spencer. Uh, they were our Sherpas, were yeah. way more roadie at the time and didn't really know what the hell to do. Yeah. Um, so they made they basically made us bring bags and pack them full of more than we thought we'd need, and it was good because uh, yeah you would do we, like a five hour ride in the desert, and it was we, yeah it was good to have water. We, we would have died in the desert. With- <laughs> yeah, let's admit it, we would die. That's, that's um, the only time I've used a Camelback as well, and uh, I mean the main struggle place. I had was making it work properly, like. You know, getting the water to come out of the straw and not spray in my face, or yeah. you know, stuff like that. Um, but that was, was a little helpful. Yeah, a little more user error than anything else. But. Yeah, I, I'll admit it. It was good, but I don't. I, I avoid. I've brought it to so many mountain bike races where I thought maybe it'd be too warm and it would be the day to have that much. I need more water, and I, 
I always leave it, I, end I up leaving like, it in the car. I feel like people don't appreciate how roadie, or maybe we underplay how roadie we actually were at that time on that mountain oh, bike yeah. trip. Because we went to the mecca of mountain bikes, Moab, yeah. and we we brought we brought road bikes with us <laughs> to do one ride. And we did one ride. Like we were planning on doing several, but we ended up yeah. only doing one. But we but still skipped fun. a day of mountain bikes to go yeah. do a road ride. <laughs> that was a little dumb. We were the only roadies. People were giving us strange looks as we rode out of town. Like, what the hell's wrong with those guys? Why are <laughs> the their tires are weird. so weird? Yeah. Yeah. Why are they on the pavement? I mean, people in people in town there used two-year-old downhill bikes as going to the store. Yeah, like their their <laughs> grocery getters were like five-inch travel. Downhill yeah, bikes. bare minimum because you you had to jump over a few houses to get to the store. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, it was useful. I w- oh, let's just say that ride was really nice. But if I go back to Moab in the future, I'm not bringing a road bike. <laughs> I wouldn't either. But I'm I am really happy about that ride for a couple reasons. One, we had a great long climb, super fun. Yeah. Uh, two, at one point, I looked at you. I put my hands in the drops and I said the cobra or something like that and yeah, i attacked you, you. you and did. i got a little gap for a while and that was nice. satisfying nice. and fun just to be a dick <laughs> it's just i don't we were having a perfectly nice ride of riding a nice pace together and just to be a jerk and be like i'm gonna go in the drops and up it um and then we came back together and we descended and the side we climbed the mountain was dry and the side we went down there was fresh snow on yeah. almost the entire descent and that was scary yep and really really fun and just it was amazing to go up and it's 70 degrees and hit the hit the other side of the mountain and it temperature drops and you're going through like i don't know maybe six inches of snow in some parts yeah it was some fun. Sections. That, was, yeah. that was epic it's definitely a ride i remember you know so yeah yeah absolutely tim you weren't there i, Sorry, I wasn't dude. there i'm i'm loving i'm really enjoying hearing about how awesome this trip was and dude, um if you have if everybody out there get fact, out to moab i think this is the the high point of the podcast and we should just end it right there um with how amazing <laughs> it was we should and i gotta go change a diaper probably or something. so i would like to thank everybody for listening to the slow ride podcast and in particular little guy matt allen the newborn dad who found time to come hang out with us and yeah. um we'd like to thank rhyme Sayers entertainment bk1 for the intro and outro music and the final bit of advice is to find us on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod because that's where all the action is. You can also email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. And whenever you see a fellow cyclist out there, wave at them. Even if you're on your local group ride and you're passing a group of cyclists, it's okay to look over and say, like, hey, good morning, and wave at them as you go by. The silent assassin speed past a group of like 10, 15 people that are out on their, like, their B level ride, their C level ride. You could still say hello to them. I don't understand this. Mm. I've been in I the can't. pace now that I'm a dad. Times. I only do intervals, so yeah. <laughs> I've been on like road rides several times now, where like we pass a big group of like another group of cyclists on the road heading the same direction, and there's not even a greeting as we as we overtake them. Like that's that's embarrassing. Like why yeah. not you a little, be, like, you should greeting be that's like hey like hey good morning, and then you shift and you can still get your like you can still feel good about yourself for passing somebody that's you know just what? having like, a good time on if, their bike ride. Yeah, if you're on the trainer in your basement this February and your roommate comes down to do the laundry, give him a wave. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. what, what's so hard about this? Like, what is the problem? Uh, is I mean, the... you probably keep your eyes straight ahead because you're embarrassed. 
Oh, a yeah. little bit, but like. Mm, well, this looks stupid. Like, hey, look ahead. Like Give every time I don't forget the fabric softener, you know, stuff like that. It's like the Jeep owners wave, right? Like whenever you see a Jeep owner, you wave at them. Like it's just something yeah. that they do. It's why mm-hmm. hey, in cyclists are we Van again? We yeah. stay together. Vanagon people wave. do that too. The Harley guys all do that. I just know? don't Man. get it. You're riding I've a bike. S- the other person's riding a bike. I'm yeah. literally the same road as you in the same direction. <laughs> and you're not I even agree. waving. But, you know, I've had the same thing, I would say, 95% of when I've seen other Vanagons, especially out, you know, middle of New Mexico desert. You've seen the other Vanagon. Everyone's like, whoa, hands are waving, so excited. Yeah. Um, there's been a few times where I've gotten nothing out of them, and I can't. I almost want to turn around and chase them down. Like, What's your deal, man? We're supposed. You have to wave to me. This is a yeah. rule. Maybe he yeah. had to put his hand like into the coolant tank to keep it from leaking, and that's why. <laughs> Where's the you know, coolant tank on this van? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, you technically could inside the van. You could stick your hand into the uh, the master <laughs> cylinder for the brakes. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be a bad idea. You fuck <laughs> yourself up. But I mean, you could do it while you're driving. Maybe they didn't want to take their hands off the steering wheel because if they did, the steering wheel would actually fall off, and then they would be stuck uh, without the steering wheel. Yeah, you you call Matt McDonough. He's got a story about that. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> Only Matt would have a story about a steering wheel actually coming off. Yeah, it didn't uh, end But well. I think it was a bus. I don't think it was a van. But yeah, wait, there's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. And Damn. with that, it's time for an education. We okay. bid you adieu. Adieu. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. going to have the gravel or the bike packing world championships or even the yeah. fat biking world championships yeah. i think it, the the in the first edition needs to be held in greenville south carolina just because there's lots of great terrain there there's amazing um lodging mm-hmm. and uh above all else you, you could have the um i mean george could win the uh, uh masters 35 plus category i mean come on george could win anything he wants that's that's possible, but I don't I don't know how much camping experience does he have. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, he's he's uh, kind of like his uh, whole just, his whole career yeah. was was five star hotels along the Tour de France route, you know. Yeah, that's true. True. That's true.